Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Goodbye baseball, a walk-off winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line, drive, this game is over! A goodbye baseball, Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. James Paxton has just thrown a no-hitter. The big lefty is getting mobbed out of the Now, line. here's your host, Gary Hill. All right, welcome back to Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Thanks for being here again. Mariners and Red Sox, what a weekend this is going to be. The Red Sox take game one of this four-game series, but if this series is going to be anything like we saw last night, this is going to be sensational. It was a great ball game last night. The Mariners fall a little bit short. We're going to go in-depth with the Red Sox in this podcast. We'll hear from Dave O'Brien great broadcaster for the Boston Red Sox, gives us some insight on what he has seen so far, and he has some very nice things to say about the Seattle Mariners as well. So Mariners and Red Sox got going. Game one of this four-game series last night. It was a game where we were kind of wondering, after Felix two starts ago was outstanding against Tampa Bay, struggled last time out, and now facing one of, if not the very best offensive team in baseball. And as it turns out, Felix, well, he had his A game going. He was outstanding last night. Kings Court up on its feet in left field. Here comes the one-two pitch. Martinez swings and he misses a changeup from the King. It's J.D. Martinez. Four strikeouts through three innings for Felix Hernandez. Well, this is a line you take each and every time. Seven innings, eight hits, two runs, one walk, and six strikeouts along the way. And this was a close ball game throughout. Tying run at third, the pitch. Swing and a fly ball into left center field. This is going to tie it up. Over is Benettoni and Bradley. It's Benettoni who makes the catch. Here comes Seager from third to home. He scores standing up the throw to the plate. Is dropped by Devers, the third baseman. They wouldn't have got Seager anyway. Guillermo Heredia with a sacrifice fly to left center field. Seager tagging and scoring from third, and we've got a tie game. It's the Mariners one, the Red Sox one. Heredia with his ninth RBI of the season. In a lot of ways, it was like looking into a mirror for the Mariners. Uh, tremendous defense by the Red Sox. Tying run at first. Pitch number 11. Swing, ground ball up the middle. Bogart sliding stop, slaps the bag with the ball and his glove. Throws from his side to first base in time for the double play. How in the world did Xander Bogarts just pull that off? It was a pretty ridiculous play, but they had tremendous starting pitching from David Price, who went seven, allowing just one run. And the back end of that bullpen is pretty nasty. We've seen it so many times with the Mariners this year, but the Red Sox, Joe Kelly, who throws 100, and Craig Kimbrell, who's one of the best there is again and been that way for a long time. The Mariners did threaten in the ninth a couple of walks, Healy hit it hard, but in the wrong spot, and that would be the ball game as the Mariners fall in game one of this series. And the 1-1 to Healy, swinging a ground ball to short, and up with the ball is Bogarts over to second for one, the relay to first, and it's in time for the double play, and the ball game is over. The Red Sox hang on and win game one of the four-game series, a final score of 2-1. to 2-1 to the final, the Red Sox... Grab the win in game one. Here's Scott's service after the game. 
Different ball game tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty pitching there, guy was, was, was a little better than your game. Yeah, outstanding um, pitching at the ballpark tonight on both sides. Uh, I thought Felix threw the ball great. Um, it's kind of what we saw a couple outings ago. I just thought the, his intensity level, uh, the energy level, what he brought tonight, that's how he needs to pitch. And when he does that, um, you know, he'll have outings like he has tonight. So it was great to see um, you know, that really good changeup tonight, good pitch mix. Uh, you know, I thought he went right after him and uh, very effective. That's a good offensive lineup over there. And you have to stay ahead in the count. You got to stay, keep attacking them. And he really did a nice job tonight. You know, on the flip side, their guy was just as good, maybe a little bit better. Um, and, you know, Price has been good for a long time in this league. He really had the, you know, commanded the glove side of the plate, you know, the glove side fastball and then the cutter in there. And they got a little help along the way. But, you know, he took advantage of it and he had a good ball game as well. You talked about the, the pregame, Scott, about the diverse pitch mix. And he kind of threw the, the kitchen sink at him a little bit. And, and a lot of those pitches are kind of fairly even across the board. Are you pretty happy with the usage and when he went to some of these pitches at certain times? Oh, no, yes, absolutely. You know, that's how Felix needs a pitch. He's got them all working. He doesn't get reliant on one or the other. And the fastball command was good tonight outside of the home run he gave up. Uh, that one got back to the middle of the plate, and it cost him. But, uh, you know, the usage was really good. Uh, the mix even, you know, worked in some sliders tonight. He had not thrown that pitch in about the last four or five outings. Just didn't have a feel for it, uh, along with the curveball and obviously the good changeup. So, uh, again, you know, we'll take as many of those outings we can get from Felix. Uh, you know, two out of the last three now have been good. So, uh, uh, but he did. the whole thing with Felix, he's got to pitch with that kind of intensity and fire out there. And when he does that, he's really good. It's a nice moment that was in the dugout. They caught you talking to Felix afterwards, smiles all around. But what did you want to reinforce to him in the moment? Exactly what I'm saying right now. Uh, I said, you know, when, when he pitches like that and with that kind of energy, the rest of our team feeds off it. And um, and everybody in the ballpark does, really. That's that's Felix Hernandez. That's why he is who he is. And that's what he's got to continue to bring out there, whether we're at home, on the road, no matter who we're playing against. We need that. We're going to need that here the rest of the way. Do those kind of atmospheres bring out the best? Uh, they usually bring out the best in, in the best players, and he's been a very good player in this league for a long time. So, um, you know, didn't surprise me at all. Uh, I thought, you know, back against the wall, you got to show people you still got it against probably the best offensive club in the league. You still got it. Yeah, we really did. Uh, I thought, you know, and again, they have a very experienced closer. Um, he knows uh, the lineup and the, the players who can do damage against them and try to, you know, he was a little off kilter there early. We got a couple of base runners on, but he made pitches. You know, he really did. I thought, uh, you know, even the ball Healy hit, you know, he hit it pretty good, hit it right at him. Uh, you know, in a game like that, you're going to need a break or two go your way. Just didn't, just didn't have it tonight. But good ball game. Uh, I think it's going to be a very good series. You know, throughout, you just got to continue to stay after him and keep trying to put more pressure on him. We didn't have a lot of opportunities to score tonight, and, and I'll give Price a lot of credit for that. Kyle kind of found a way to get you in there and the, with the moving up on the. Yeah, we've been working on that play. <laughs> it's the, uh, the, the bunt through, get picked off at second. If you know you're going to be out by 20 feet, you just take off for third, put your head down and wish. Uh, and it worked out great. So, uh, no, he, it actually was a, a pretty instinctive play by Kyle. He knew he was going to be out there, threw it behind him, uh, and it worked out great. So he chalked up another stolen base. It seemed like there was a couple breaks that just didn't go your guys' way tonight. That was kind of the difference. 
Yeah, I thought the uh, the, the inning we had, uh, the runner, D was running on a 3-2 count. Segura hit the ball up the middle. Bogart's made a tremendous play, you know, kind of picking it up, touching the bag, and turning it into a double play. You know, plays like that um, in a tight game, you know, can really sway it one way or the other. So, you know, they made them tonight. You know, we didn't, didn't put enough pressure on them. That, that was the big thing tonight. And they threw strikes. They didn't walk anybody till late. You know, it was a tight game. You just had to somehow come up with a big hit, and we just didn't get it tonight. Yeah, really, he's been throwing the ball really well. Um, the reports we got from AAA, you know, he's got some deception uh, with the fastball and, uh, you know, showed a good breaking ball tonight. So he'll get opportunities here and definitely be able to help us as we go forward. You heard the conversation at the end there around Rumbelow. We'll talk about him more in just a moment. First, let's hear from Felix after the start last night. That was a pretty good game overall from both sides, from Boston and us. It was a pretty good game. Skip talked about needing to mix your pitches a little bit better going in. What was the general approach? No, it was the fastball. Fastball command, it was a big thing for me. I mean, that, that's, that's the big thing for me every game. So, in the motions, I just got to go out there and be me. You know, be aggressive, be me, be do whatever's possible, just keep it off in the game. And, uh, you know, I had a good change, I had a good curveball, and slider came back. So, it was pretty good. Is it easier to be you when there's seemingly a lot on the line in this game. It felt like it was a big game. Yeah, it was a big game for yeah for us. When you, you play in the playoff team, so I mean, we in the race too, so that was a pretty good game. So me and a step up in time, oh, wow. and we lost, but it was a great game. Third at bat to Bogarts. He's striking out the first couple. Yeah. Miss, just missed with your pitch? I was missed. Uh, it was a fastball, uh, it was a fastball away, and I think he came back a little to the plate, and he put a good swing, so what do we do about it? Is, what is the key to you keeping and finding that fastball command on a regular basis? I mean, just keep working every day. I mean, you know, every four days, I mean, after we start, I just got to go out there and do my thing, keep working, so. Is that one of the few fastballs that didn't go where you wanted it to? I mean, it seemed like you... I threw, I threw three, three, fast, three 14 fastball. That was one of them. The strikeout, Ben with fastball done in a way with 14. I went in Devers and the fourteen against Scott. After you're hiding, going to the dugout, and Scott puts his arm around you. That's what is he telling you? There, oh, that's the way I need to. <laughs> that's the way I need to be out there every five days. So, be aggressive, be with motions, and it was good. So you, so you give the big old fist pump too after getting the double play to get out of the. I think it was the six there. How, that was huge. Was that, that was there? huge. That was huge in the seven. We uh, Mookie back. He's in fire. So that's a pretty good double play. So. So that was Felix in the clubhouse last night after the ball game. The Mariners will try and get even in this series starting tonight. James Paxton on the mound will take the ball for the Mariners. This is going to be a thrilling series. James Paxton, 7-10 first pitch. Rick Porcello will go for the Boston Red Sox. And then on Saturday, 5-15 first pitch, Wade LeBlanc against Stephen Wright. On Sunday, 1-10, Leak against Rodriguez. And it's virtually sold out on Sunday. Tickets going fast for Friday and Saturday. The the word is get to the ballpark early for this series. It is going to be packed. It is going to be a lot of fun. So hopefully we'll see you at Safeco Field for the Mariners. And the Red Sox, game two tonight with Paxton on the hill. See if the Mariners can get even in this four-game series. And to give us an even closer look at the Boston Red Sox, we caught up with their great broadcaster, Dave O'Brien. 
we, we, we try to be friendly. We do our best. And you really are. You're great. It was uh, awfully great to come in and see Rick uh, have, uh, wearing the exact same gizmo that I was wearing on my <laughs> arm just to make me feel at home. Because I did the exact same thing, Rick. The I exact same it. thing. No. You tore your bicep tendon. Tore my bicep tendon last September. Had it repaired eventually. But all the stuff that you've gone through, I've already gone through. How so did you do me. it? I did it wrestling with my what I thought was a fifty-eight year old, a fifty-eight pound Labrador Retriever. He was about That'll eighty-five pounds. So, <laughs> boom, there it went, and you know oh, the bicep man. moved, and you, me, and Miguel Cabrera have that in common. That's right. Very. It's nice to have something in common with with me. <laughs> yes. yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. I mean, How about your baseball team? Our oh, baseball team goodness. is is these are two really good baseball yes. teams, and this Both. is a lot of fun. We've been talking about it on on our air for about a week or 10 days leading up to these series because you're coming to our place soon. And two teams that have a lot of balance, they've got a lot of pop and speed and very, very similar, excellent pitching. Yeah. Uh, that's why I think these are going to be great matchups. You look at this club right now, and uh, Alex Cora, how much of an adjustment was it for, for this group to, to kind of get in sync with their new manager? Well, you know, they did it pretty quickly, and uh, Aaron and I were talking about this story earlier, and I know you'll discuss it on the air. The first call he made when he got the job, he was the Houston bench coach, was to Mookie Betts and said, you know, we've got a book on you, and you've got to change the way you approach hitting. And this is a guy who a couple of years ago was an MVP candidate. Last year had a very good year. And the idea that he really studied as the bench coach of the Astros all of our guys knew them better than they knew themselves. Shocked Mookie, for example, the fact that had him down every at-bat, what he was going to do in every, every situation. So, I mean, he, he came in with, with terrific knowledge, not just about our club, but everybody in the American League. He's been seamless. He hasn't had any rocky moments. So we'll see how those go, because you guys all know that, that happens in Boston. never happened in Boston. But yeah. the fans are, are, are very nice. calm. There. Very yeah. understanding. Yeah. They understand if something goes wrong Sure, once. level-headed, everything. So, yeah. so far he hasn't run into that, and, yeah. uh, but I think he'll handle it very, very well. Yeah. Now, along those lines, Boston very well could be the toughest place for especially a new player, a new high-priced free agent to play, yeah. and yet J.D. Martinez has been every bit of what he was before and maybe even more so. What has he been like in his first year so far with the Red Sox? Uh, spectacular. I mean, he's been, for my money, the best hitter uh, in the American League. He's the best hitter we have seen. And you say, yeah, it's easy to say when he's hit 22 homers, 55 RBIs, but he is such a good hitter. And the one thing you guys are going to see, if you haven't seen a lot of him in the past, is his at-bats are over quick. He gets his pitch, he hits it, he barrels it, or he doesn't. And he's doing a lot of that barreling up stuff. But he's an outstanding, an opposite field hitter. He's the yeah. best in the game. Sure. Unbelievable. I wish there was a way where our two closers could square off against each other. Uh, <laughs> that just doesn't, the game doesn't allow for that. But yeah. Diaz is having it. He should be in D.C. So should Craig Kimbrell. Yep. Uh, Kimbrell looks like he has just been absolutely dynamite this year. The curveball seems like it's unhittable. They're, they're both going to. And that's, that's almost a knuckle curve that he throws up there, which is fascinating. And it's the fastball that dominates, and he is – so good in that role. He's had a little bit of a hiccup when he's had to pitch in the eighth inning. So I think Alex Cora is beginning to realize the ninth inning, clean innings, the best way for him to go. But I think both of those guys are all-stars. We, of what? course, have been watching from afar, and it seems like the AL East right now, is, it's a beast completely uh, with the, the top two spots. Is the competition different from last year or do you any better any worse any what do you see right now i think the yankees watch us and we watch the yankees that that's what it is the red sox and the yankees we consider it a two-horse well everybody else considers it a two-horse race i think that's what it's going to be if you look at everybody else in the division they have found their level 
those two clubs, Boston and New York, are are certainly the cream of the crop on our side of the country. And the Yankees have been amazing because they never seem to lose. The only time they lose is when they have to play a doubleheader. And they've got a lot of them coming up, by the way, because the Red Sox have played six more games because of all their rainouts and their travel problems. That may be, in the end, what decides the, the American League East. But I know this. If they both win 100 games, I mean, somebody has to win the division. Someone's got to be that wild card to play one game, and that's yeah. going to be a terrible thing. What are the Boston Red Sox saying about the Seattle Mariners right now, David? I think there's great great interest and intrigue with this with this Mariner ball club because there's, in some ways, a mirror look. You know, you've we've got Chris Sale. You've got Paxton. You know, you've got a great closer. The Red Sox have a great closer. I think there's athleticism at the top of both batting mm-hmm. orders, guys yep. who can steal bases. There's enough power. And the Red Sox are a vastly different team than the one you guys saw last year in terms of power. Martinez has made an amazing difference. Betts is having an MVP year. Benintendi is emerging as a true star player, uh, a guy who I think in the future is going to be a 30-35 home run hitter. So there's a lot of similarities, and I think these games packed into a very tight window are really going to be good baseball games. Final minute here with Dave O'Brien, the TV voice of the Red Sox. OB, I know you've been coming to Seattle forever, whether it's with the Red Sox or ESPN. You've been here. When Mariners baseball fever was been at its height, and it is seeming like it could be very well going back in that direction, what are your your kind of memories of coming to this city when baseball is king? Well, I was here when the Mariners won 116 games, and and I remember what that was like. And it was a quick playoff exit, I know, but that was incredible to be here at that time. I remember sitting in the Metropolitan Grill, of course, after of course <laughs> after, after a game, and Lou Pinella came in. And the entire restaurant stood up. And I mean everybody wow. in every booth in, by the way, one of my favorite restaurants, and they happen to be listening right now. I'll, <laughs> I'll be free sometime after 10.50. But, but it was a great baseball market. And I've always thought this was a sleeping giant yeah. in, in the ensuing years. I know you guys know that's true. And when you get a series like the one you just played against the Angels and games ending like that, it doesn't get any better. And that's what lights a fire under your fan base, I think it's exactly what's happening because they also have begun to realize what a good ball club this is. Well, Dave, thank you for stopping by. We're going to see a lot of you guys over the next week and a half, but, man, we're looking forward to it. This should be good baseball. And I'll save you space over at the Metropolitan (laughs) Grill. Thank you, OB. Great to see you guys. And you heard Rumbelow mentioned in the conversation with Scott Service, called up yesterday along with Rob Whalen, and Rumbelow making his Mariners debut yesterday. Rumble the windup, and again the 2-2 pitch. Swing and a foul tip into the glove of Mike Zanino for strike three. Rumble in his Mariners debut of beauty. 1-2-3 against the Red Sox here in the top of the ninth inning. He strikes out Christian Vasquez for the final out. So there was Rumble his Mariners debut. Highly thought of when he was acquired over the offseason. Shannon Dreyer. A chance to talk about the two newest pitchers on the Mariners, Whalen Rumbelow. Two new faces in the Mariners clubhouse today as Rob Whalen and Nick Rumbelow have been added to the 25-man roster. Both have played in the big leagues before, but both have had major hurdles to overcome before getting the call this time around. For Rob Whalen, it was coming off of a season that was shortened when depression forced him to step away from the game. A terrific spring training, however, showed he was back on track. 
Well, what, what worked for me in spring was I came in with no expectations after last year, all the things that kind of happened. Um, I just wanted to come in and have fun again, enjoy my what I get to do for a living. Um, you know, being 24 years old and the experience of last year, I didn't have any fun for whatever reason, um, and I wanted to change that. So going into the season, again, I just didn't have any expectations. just wanted to keep building off spring training. Um, and like I said, things got off to a good start and just kind of kept it rolling. And uh, with all the help of the pitching coaches and teammates, it's been going well. Nick Rumbelow, acquired shortly after Emilio Pagan was traded to the A's for Ryan Healy, was expected to be a piece of this bullpen out of spring training, but injuries sidelined him early. Through the adversity, he kept his eye on the prize. Uh, I was in major leagues in 2015, so there's been a, quite a bit of time, you know, which my mindset hasn't changed the whole time. I've always been hungry and ready to compete and do what I can do up here at the, at the highest level. You know, I always saw myself pitching back here, you know, through it all. Um, so that really, you know, kept my, my rehab going well. Um, you know, once, once I found out, I was just like, what can I do to get better? You know, what can I do to fix my body and get back to, you know, how I need to feel out on the mound? For Whalen, getting back in baseball and staying in baseball was a process. Uh, just try not to overthink things, you know. Um, you know, it's a kid's game. I think sometimes as pitchers, uh, we worry too much about pitching, and I just want to get back to the fundamentals. So, like every day, I I do shortstop drills just to p pretend I'm you know I'm a kid again and uh, get my, my arm slots back and things like that. And um, like I said, just really not worrying, not playing locker room GM, not worrying about what my situation might be on the team. Just doing what I can every five days and attacking it when I get on the mound. I had to ask more about the shortstop drills. You know, I feel like if you ask a lot of pitchers when guys struggle, sometimes you think automatically mechanics and this and that because we're so used to, you know, controlling our bodies when we're throwing or whatnot and, and focusing on pitching the ball instead of literally just throwing it. And throwing it is the easiest part of the game besides catching it. So if I can get back to being athletic to the basics of it as a kid, like feeling the ball and just letting it ride, then I, then I feel like my arm slot's in a good spot and, and everything's on time and I feel athletic and uh, I try to bring that to the mound and it's been working for me a little bit. So which shortstop are you visualizing? Right oh, now? myself, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 15-year-old Rob Whalen. No, no, I'll try to be like Gene, you know. No, but he's, he's pretty good out there. No shortstop drills for Rumbelo, but he's ready to go. I haven't been hurt for a while. Um, you know, ever since, you know, I was down in Arizona rehabbing, um, you know, I got my health back. And after that, you know, my, my mindset switches to back to competing. You know, it's just not even against myself anymore. It's just me competing against an opponent, which is beautiful and which is what I love to do. Both Rob Whalen and Nick Rumbelow are well aware that they're walking into an incredible situation with the Mariners atop the AL West. Oh, it's extremely exciting. I was talking to Marco earlier in the weight room. Um, you know, we watch the games in AAA. We have it in our locker room. We can see what's going on. And, you know, that energy is almost contagious through the TV. You know, obviously we're not there, but the guys in AAA, we're all hungry. We want to be up here and be a part of this. I've never been a part of a winning team like this. So just to maybe contribute for a day, a week, whatever it is, I'm just, whatever I can do, I'm glad to do it. Oh, I, I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, the, the environment that I'm, I'm walking into, you know, especially with the team that's playing so well. You know, it's definitely blessings on my end.